0: Welcome to Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries! My name is Katie, and this is my Recap Diary of the White Lotus. Today I'm recapping Season 2, Episode 2, Italian Dream. We open Day 2 of this Sicilian vacation to a very early morning, sun barely coming up as our main characters start the day, Ethan exploring the area on an early run, Daphne and Cameron waking up cuddled in each other's arms, Tanya waking up, hair a mess, and Greg already disassociating as they start the day. As we go downstairs for breakfast with a view, Portia joins the three generations of Italian-American men to hide from Tanya and ends up making plans with them for the day. Harper joins Daphne and Cameron for some bracky, and we learn that while Cameron does have a temper with other people, they are the perfect couple and they never fight. Of course, driving Harper insane. That only means that they must be miserable, right? Let's follow each group as they go about their day. But before we get too far, we have two main characters to get to know better. Lucia and Mia are two young locals, who it turns out will be Dom's girlfriends for the week. Or technically Lucia and Mia's along for the ride? Fine, spend some money, reasonably, come hang out with me at night. But don't let my family see you with me. Okay, great. Valentina, the resort manager, is not so pleased to have these two young women be registered as guests at the resort. I suppose we can file this under the first situation that she cannot control this week. Oh well, at least Mia is a beautiful piano player and singer. So that should count for something, right? All right, back to the day. Let's focus on Albie, Dom, and Bert, and the stray that they took in for the day, Portia. As they go around to some of the sites in Sicily and end with a nice dinner, we learn about what's really going on with Dom. His wife and daughter are not on this family trip because they found out, again, about Dom's affairs, again. And they're pissed. And while Dom's father, Bert, tries to lecture him about it, showing his disappointment that he is missing his granddaughter, Dom reminds him that he was not the ethical husband he thinks he was. Yeah, dad, your affairs? Yeah, not so secret either. Seems like the whole, oh, he's just an old man, like, he says inappropriate things all the time, just forget about it, is more like, oh, he's actually always been a pig and sexualizing women. Dom's son, Albie, of course, is totally different. No, actually, he is trying to be different. I'm the nice guy. No one ever wants to be with the nice guy, but I'm still nice. I don't want to be like the men in my family. By the end of the day, he even asks consent to give Portia a kiss. I mean, wow. That on top of a self-proclaimed nice guy? What could possibly go wrong? A note about Portia, though. So consumed by the fact that she hates her boss, Tanya, she can't even stop to step back and realize that she is a mirror of Tanya, spending most of the time making the story about her, talking about her boss and all of her boss's darkest secrets but leaving just enough room for Albie to kiss her before the day is over. Meanwhile, Dom battles his own guilty conscience as his two girlfriends for the week come up to his room to say thank you. No, no, please. I'm battling this sex addiction and I just feel so ashamed. But then again, two beautiful Italian women want to get naked with me in my hot tub? Okay, Jiminy Cricket, you have the night off. Who should we check in on next? After a quick brekkie, Harper comes back to her room to find Ethan jerking off. Uh, 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 it's the endorphins. Yeah, I just get so horny after a run, you know? Harper handles it pretty well. I think this is probably a scene they've been in before, and she just offer to help him finish, but you don't like morning sex, remember? This is done. Shh. So while he takes a cold shower, Daphne and Cameron go shopping in town, because what happens when rich people lose their luggage? They buy new designer clothes from the local shops. As the day goes on, the four of them are back together at the beach. Cameron's like, hey, let's talk about the little elephant in the room. And I don't mean my extravagantly large peepee. Apparently, Harper and Ethan just got very rich, and Cameron wants to know how it feels. Again, speaking in their language of currency, Harper and Ethan are like, no, no, please. We're so humble. We don't even like material things. I only have a housekeeper so that I can support her little village and I'm basically giving all of my money away to family. I wouldn't even have a phone if I didn't need it. Okay, okay, calm down. Cameron and Daphne are like, yeah, we get it. We're also, like, so philanthropic. We donate. When I drink too much, I just spend all my money on all the sick puppies. As Harper swims out in the ocean, Cameron joins her and just really wants to make sure that she likes him. I mean, them. It's like getting cornered at a party by that frat bro that you hate. Except you're in an ocean, and scared of sharks, and stuck on a week-long vacation. The amount that Cameron and Harper dislike each other is oddly giving off a shit ton of sexual energy. In a very confused type of way. As the day winds down, the two couples have a vulnerable moment. Harper and Ethan confessing that, yeah, they actually think that they do want kids. But it's just not that easy to actually find the time to fuck. And clearly, this is all Harper's fault since she doesn't enjoy morning sex and Ethan is just so tired in the evenings. If Harper would just wake up horny like Ethan does after a long run, it would be solved. And in a moment that no matter who you are is very scary, Daphne and Cameron talk about her latest birth, which almost turned out tragic for her and the baby. But better not to dwell on that too much, because it almost makes them sound human and could start making Harper feel sad for them. Last but not least, we get Tanya's Italian fantasy day, just as Tanya describes it. A dress, scarf, and a skinny cigarette to help her look like, well, according to Valentina, Peppa Pig. No, no, I mean Monica Vitti, the dead actress. A Vespa and her man in a slim fit suit, driving around Sicily. And in a way that only Jennifer Coolidge can do, she chokes on a bug while they're out scooting around and it's the most character-fitting moment for Tanya, almost making Greg crash the scooter as she gags on some fly. They end the evening at a dinner with her Italian dream meal, pasta with clams. As the fantasy comes rushing back to reality, Greg has to fly back to Denver for work. Well, why the fuck did you ask us to come here then? We're only here for a week. Just quit your job, I don't understand. And in a move crafted by emotional manipulators everywhere, Greg's response is, Well, bitch, you made me sign a prenup. And because you're a miserable piece of shit, you have no long-lasting relationships, how do I know that you'll stay with me? Henceforth, why I must keep my job. Because, you know, I need a safety net in case you let me go. And with that, Tanya wakes up to what we've all been seeing since the first episode. Greg doesn't really like her, does he? I'll leave you with the scene as the episode also ends. The middle of the night. Tanya waking up to find Greg on the balcony, speaking to someone on the phone, ending the call with, I love you too. Well, that has been Studio Wednesday's Recap Diaries. Thank you for listening to today's diary. As I said before, as White Lotus goes on, this will also go on. If you think someone might enjoy it, go ahead and share it with them and if you do look forward to more episodes, follow, subscribe, whatever it says on the screen right there, and also rate it if you do like it. To learn more about Studio Wednesday, check out studio-wednesday.com slash recapdiaries, and follow on Instagram at recapdiaries. That's all for now. Chat soon. XOXO, Katie.